Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, hey, where you been? Buckeye talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to Buckeye Talk from Cleveland.com. Doug LaMaurice and Stephen Means. Nathan Baird still on furlough, but uh, interesting stuff today. We're going to get to it quickly. Um, which quarterback of the last 15 years would you pick to win one game for the Ohio State Buckeyes? And which one would you take for a whole season for the Ohio State Buckeyes? Dating back to Troy Smith. And the thing I love about our tech subscribers is here's the options that I gave people. I said, would you take Troy Smith, JT Barrett, Cardale Jones, Braxton Miller? Wait, I got to do it in order. I'm going to get get lost. No, wait, hold on. Okay, so these are the guys. Justin Fields, Braxton Miller, JT Barrett, Dwayne Haskins, Troy Smith, Cardale Jones, Terrell Pryor. All right, not in chronological order, but you get it. And immediately I had at least two people say, what about Joe Bosserman and Todd Beckman? Todd Beckman, who played really well in 2007, like you, I, I, no one's going to pick him, but he was a good quarterback. But again, I love the fact that immediately people brought that up. So Stephen and I are going to talk about that. We're going to have their survey results, what our tech subscribers said. But first, I want to say this. For those of you who listened to the Wednesday Oregon preview, I let that one get off the rails. And I already sent out a message to our tech subscribers about this. If you want to be a tech subscriber, 614-350-3315, you get my, you get my mea culpas first. Um, I let that one get loose. And that's on me. I'm the guy who runs this podcast. What happens on Buckeye Talk is my responsibility. Um, I really appreciate James Crepia's time, but I let the thing at the end go crazy. I didn't edit it because we don't do a lot of editing here. We give it to you raw, um, partly because we like it raw on Buckeye Talk. T-shirt slogan, we like it raw on Buckeye Talk. But also because I don't have a lot of time myself to edit it. And let, let me see if the editor's here today. Editor! No, are you... No, the editor doesn't exist. So um, hearing from our tech subscribers, there was some frustration uh, with that podcast. Um, and I understand it. And it's that I just, I didn't I didn't keep it tight. So that's on me. So if you um, didn't listen to that whole thing or you got bogged down or you were really frustrated at the end when I kept asking the same question 10 times, 
I apologize for that. That's on me. And so thanks for hanging with us. I'm not going to let that happen again. So it won't be that way with the future ones. I really wanted to get into Oregon. And there was a lot of good information in there. And a lot of people really liked the information. But I could have had it uh, presented to you guys in a more concise fashion. So my apologies for that. But let's get to this. I'm going to try to keep this one tight. Which quarterback of recent Ohio State vintage, one game, one season, we're going to get to what the tech subscribers said, but first we're going to start off with Steven, who he would pick in this situation. All right, so Steven, so you've got one game with one of these recent Ohio State quarterbacks. Who are you picking for one game among these OSU QBs? I'm going to pick Terrell Pryor and – because a lot of the reasons are if Ryan Day is a coach, he and Justin Fields have some similar builds and some similar skill sets. It's just Pryor played for a more conservative coach than what Ryan Day did. And I would love to see what Pryor, that type of freak athlete with that type of arm and just natural ability, what Ryan Day would be able to do with that as a guy who has always been able to adapt his philosophy, offensive philosophy to whatever the skill set his quarterback is. So if you give him somebody like Terrell Pryor, I would love to see what type of offensive explosion you would get out of that. It feels like we are getting a decent amount of feedback from people that they are on the same page with that, that they're curious about prior because they felt like he was held back by the Jim Trestle offense. Is that what you would expect that there is a certain segment of OSU fans who feel that way? I think so. And it's because when you look at the other options, they kind of were what they were, first of all, because we saw what Dwayne Haskins would look like in a Ryan Day offense. And, yeah, 50 touchdown passes, but he wasn't a run threat. And while in Braxton – we also saw what JT Barrett would look like in a Ryan Day offense. And with Braxton Miller, as, you know, electric as he is as a runner, he was never a great thrower. So there's not really left anything left on the table with those three options, while with – you know, Terrell Pryor, he's probably got the highest ceiling of anybody who has not played for Ryan Day ever in his career. So when you were thinking about the one game thing, and, and I think our, our tech subscribers took it different ways, and you can take it however you want it. Did you think of it more like, okay, it's like a big game, you know, it's a Michigan game or a playoff game, but I just have, like, I need, like, to get a big win against a good team, and, like, who am I going to lean on? Or did you think of it more like, it's just one game, and it's just like, I want to see it. Like, I'm curious about it. That's who I'd want to see for one game. Oh, no. I thought, okay, you're playing in the national championship game, and if Justin Fields isn't going to be your Ohio State quarterback, of these other guys who have played at Ohio State, which is the guy where you, know, you have the best chance of still winning that football team, that football game, given what their skill sets and raw talent were if you give them to Ryan Day? So I think that is the that that is how I intended it. I think that's the right way to think about it because I do think in that way, you know, one game against a super talented opponent is sort of a different requirement than a, a quarterback that you would take over a full year, right? But you would take Terrell over Justin in that situation as well for one game. Yeah, just because just looking at that two fours, he's six six two thirty three, and as as physical uh, Justin Fieldism is great. But I think part of this is just knowing what it looks like to an extent of what Justin Fields with Ryan Day looks like. While with Terrell, I just – when he got to Ohio State, I think you said it, it that when you got there, a lot of you felt like he's either going to bring this program crashing to the ground or he's going to be 
the greatest thing Ohio State has ever seen at quarterback. And we see how it ended. So I don't necessarily think we got to see what the full potential of Terrell Pryor looks like. And I think that at that time period as a college quarterback, it might have been higher. The the thing that's that's funny about this when we're thinking about a quarterback for a game versus a quarterback for a season is we have the exact scenario that is the difference here that unfolded in a national championship season for Ohio mm-hmm. State. That I think in a discussion like this, JT Barrett is like a really good season quarterback. And I think Cardale Jones is like a really good one big game quarterback. And so like when you try to explain the difference, it's like the difference is that. That's the difference. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So I do think with game, you're talking more like what's your upside? Can you make the big plays against a great defense? You know, and that's different than relying on a guy to be steady week to week to week. So you go Terrell for one game. Who now would you pick for one season? Hmm. That's interesting. I might go Justin Fields for a season just because that consistency last year was was that was special. And you still get a lot of that same a lot of that same stuff. You don't have deficiencies in the passing game, and you don't have deficiencies in the running game, but probably a little bit more consistent week to week went through the grind of the season. So if it's one game, I'm probably leaning Terrell. But if just for a season, it's Justin Fields because with both situations, you don't lose a part of what you need talent wise in order to win. So again, we're going to get to what of all, what all of our tech subscribers voted for, but I will tell you, Stephen, that there is a segment of people who are just saying, whatever the question is, the answer is Justin. <laughs> and when Justin arrived here, again, I sort of said from the start, I think he has some of Terrell's skills. I think he has, you know, some of, and, and some of Terrell's traits. He has some of Braxton's skills and traits. He has some of like Troy's skills and traits or, or Dwayne's when you're talking about maybe more of a passer. Um, it, like what we saw from Justin, and, and I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of people put a lot of thought into this. So they're not just like saying, oh, Justin, because he was the guy who was on the field last year. But it does feel like Justin does answer a lot of questions because he has a variety of skills mm-hmm. when you're trying to find certain attributes you would want in certain situations. And, and that's true, but I do. Yeah. That, and that's all true. But I think Terrell Parr possesses a lot of those same skills. It's just, you know, different circumstances, different era, different, you know, philosophy of a coach and just maybe just a different, a diff- different up in the head. And that's the difference between when you're talking about consistency for a season in the game. And when you're talking about a season, your head's got to always be right. And that didn't always seem to be the case with Terrell Parr. While with Justin Fields, it seems to always be a case. We, when we first met his father when the, at the, after the Northwestern game, just off the side, I went, is he always this stoic? He's like, yeah, he's just, you know, this kind of monotone guy who's, uh, you know, pretty consistent. And you need that for an entire season. I don't know if you necessarily need that for four quarters in the same capacity that you would for a four-month season. It's it's funny. Um, you know, I don't think – you know, Justin wasn't perfect in the yeah. Clemson game, right? I mean, and we've, no. we've sort of talked about that. And that can't be your expectation against a team that good. But, you know, he wasn't quite himself because the knee injury was clearly an issue, so he wasn't 
quite the run threat that he was, and he did not run very much or very effectively in that game. Um, but again, it didn't look quite as easy in the past game as it did for him during much of the season. But also, you know, he put the ball right where it needed to be uh, on what would have been the game-winning touchdown if Chris Olave finishes his route. So, like, I do think it's it's good with all these guys. Part of the discussion with Troy Smith, for instance, I think is really interesting because Troy won the Heisman and then laid an egg in the yeah. national championship game. So, again, that's a very distinct, you know, Troy put up some stuff that might lead you to Troy as a season quarterback, but I get it if you're not so sure about Troy as a big game quarterback. Now, notwithstanding the fact that he was 3-0 and against Michigan, and it's easy to say a guy's not a big game quarterback and point to the loss and overlook the wins. I mean, he, he pulled Michigan wins out of the air like a crazy man. Um, and rose to the occasion multiple times when Ohio State needed him. So I think partly, Stephen, why I like this question so much is because, to me, there's so much talent at the Ohio State quarterback position since Troy was here, but it's so varied, right? I mean, I think when you think about passers, you think about probably Dwayne Haskins first, and then you think about Troy. When you think about, like, steady leadership through a season, I think you think about JT Barrett, and Troy. When you think about like crazy athleticism, I think you think about Terrell Pryor and Braxton Miller. And then you have a guy like Justin Fields who kind of brings it all together. And part of it is preference, but also, I mean, there just definitely are some clear things, I think, that when you examine all these guys, you know, they're all really good, but there clearly are some things that each of them do better than the others. Yeah. And the difference is, okay, which one, when you look at you know, the deficiencies in some versus maybe the strengths in others. It's which one of these core, if you, if we, if we were going to do a list where we would, you know, rank this, the, the raw talent of these guys, you know, from one through whatever, and you would, you'd start to think about, okay, which one of these guys have deficiencies that might cost me in a college football playoff game or a national championship game versus which ones have the type of strengths where, you know, it's going to be – this is the thing that puts us over the top in winning a national championship. And to the point, yeah, Justin is probably – it's almost the evolution of what the quarterback has been at Ohio State over the last 15 years. And Justin is, you know, you tweak it, you tweak it, you tweak it, and you finally get, the, I guess, the perfect, you know, Ohio State quarterback with Justin Fields, which I know sounds a little homerish, but to, to the point of what you're saying, we've seen, you know, guys who are heavy leadership. We've seen strong arms – We've seen accurate arms and we've seen freak athletes. And now it's like, okay, we've seen all of those parts and let's put together and create Justin Fields and give him a, a coach who's very progressive and, and aggressive with the way he calls plays. And for instance, the guy I didn't just mention, Cardell Jones, I mean, we know that they did not do him any favors in 2015 and they really missed Tom Herman and all the problems with the play calling and they did not adjust the offense to Cardale's strengths. But Cardale, as it turned out, was absolutely a guy who was capable of getting you over the top against the very best teams in the country. And then, like, he looked like crap against Northern Illinois. You know, like, if you really – if JT hadn't been there as an option, say JT had been out for the year with an injury coming off that Michigan injury the year before, mm -hmm. you know, there would have been a lot of blame on the coaches for that. And, and I think they're more to blame than Cardale – but I don't, I don't know if Cardale is the guy that you want to rely on week after week after week after week to not have a bad game that would have cost you against a bottom half of the Big Ten kind of team. It's just like another example of the difference between this because it turned out, yeah, we want Cardale Jones on the field against Alabama, 
I don't know if we want him on the field against Hawaii, though. And how much of that maybe has to do with the the fact that Ohio State doesn't necessarily have to have the downfield vertical passing threat against every team in the Big Ten. So how much of that goes in the play of you know, they're in the Big Ten and not the SEC or the or the Big Twelve where you need that strong arm every Saturday or you're going to get blown out. While you know, as we've seen with JT Barrett, you don't have to really have an arm at all, and you can still, you know, win a win Big Ten championship games and beat Michigan every year. And I will say, I mean, I think in the end, um, and and we'll find out, you know, there are definitely some answers here that that our texters are going to lean toward. I mean, I think you I think you could make a case for all seven, right? It wouldn't make you sound like a crazy person, you know. A guy like JT Barrett often gets underrated in discussions like this, but all this guy did was win, you know? And so like, I, I don't know that JT Barrett's going to get a lot of votes for the big game quarterback. Um, Cause we saw the 31, nothing against Clemson, but he also like was tough as nails and found ways to win against Wisconsin and Penn state and Michigan and absolutely bailed Ohio state out at times. And if you want to point out the, the JT Barrett who had that fourth quarter in the Penn state comeback, and say, I want that guy in a single game. That's who I want. That JT Barrett. You know, we've seen it. So I mean, I think I think the interesting thing is almost any of the seven, you could make a case because Ohio State, it's not luck, right? I mean, it's not coincidence. This is Ohio State. This is what happens. But while they have not been producing great NFL quarterbacks until now. They really have had a tremendous line of really top shelf college quarterbacks dating back 15 years now. And they've had probably outside of Terrell Pryor, all of these guys have maybe had the best, you know, guy in charge of the offense for what their skill sets may have been. You know, you had you know, Urban the Urban Meyer era where you've got the, you know, the run first quarterbacks with Braxton Miller and JT Barrett and then you know, Ryan Day come, comes along at the perfect time that, you know, Dwayne Haskins is the starter in Ryan Day's second year, and you see what it does there. And now Ryan Day with Justin Fields. And even with, when you had Tom Herman here calling those plays and his ability to adapt from JT Barrett to, you know, Cardell Jones for what, you know, the big game scenarios, everybody outside of Terrell Pryor seems to have had the close to perfect guys that you needed to have in charge for what those skill sets brought to the table. All right, so we're going to get now um, to what our tech subscribers said about this. Again, if you want to be part of, of things like this with our Buckeye Talk podcast, you can join our tech subscription. It's a 14-day free trial, $3.99 a month after that. You get tidbits from us. You get uh, call-outs for questions to ask on the pod that we you know answer on the pod. And we do these kind of little survey things all the time. So if you want to join that, have your voice heard, 614-350-3315 to be a tech subscriber. Again, 14-day free trial. Try it out. little push here. We got a little note, you know, from the from the powers that be who are running our texting. Like, hey, make a little push, right? Let's see if we can get these numbers up a little bit. Um, we're trying to do whatever we can here during this time. Uh, tough times all around, but, you know, we're trying to get a little extra scratch here because it's a tough time at Cleveland.com too. So if you can, if you can maybe afford it, four bucks a month to, to give it a shot, at least try it. 614-350-3315. We'll be back after this with everything our tech subscribers said about the quarterback they would pick for one game in one season here on Buckeye Talk.
All right, so I have tallied up the texture votes for what uh, our most loyal Buckeye Talk fans want to do with these seven quarterbacks, right? Um, and what we're going to do, we're going to work through it in reverse order, talk about some of the comments, um, and then I will give my opinion at the end. So we got Steven at the start, texters, then we'll finish up with what I think. So the person, and I and I tallied it up separately, game and season, obviously, because it was two separate questions. The person who got the fewest number of combined votes was JT Barrett. He got six total votes. He got four votes for a game and two votes for a season. And I guess I'm not surprised about that. We, we sort of know what the deal is with how people view um, JT. I think he's a very reasonable season vote. Um, to get you over the top in a big game, um, although he played so well against Michigan, and this is the point a lot of people made in the moment, and I didn't necessarily believe it in the moment. I think I probably believe it now more. I still think Ohio State could have won the national title with JT Barrett. But he's a seasoned quarterback. He's a get-you-through, win-tough, multiple tough games like in the Big Ten. But is he the number one guy you'd take into battle against Bama or Clemson? Like that 31 nothing. Clemson loss is gonna is gonna hang on him. Some of these quarterbacks have games that hang on him. Hang on them. That's just reality. From the five one three, I know this is not a part of the question, but if you can guarantee it's a close game, I'm taking JT. Heart of a warrior who is going to do whatever it takes to win that game. As for a whole season, I'd take Justin Fields just because he is the most talented. Could be some recency bias. I'm only 19 years old, so I couldn't fully grasp prior, let alone Troy Smith. Shout out to the 19-year-olds listening to Buckeye Talk. We love the Utes. From the 419, JT. For a single game, the guy was a winner. Justin Fields for the season, he has shown elite decision-making. So those are votes for JT in a game. I I think I would not think of it that way. Because when I'm thinking of big game, JT won big Big Ten games. But to me, I, I mean, I guess I'm thinking the Michigan game, but I'm also thinking a playoff game, right? I mean, again, JT on one leg led them to a win over Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship game. But I can't get away from 31-0 versus Clemson. So I, I would not I would not really consider JT Barrett for a game. For a season, I get it, though. For a season, I get it. Sixth on the list is Cardale Jones. He got eight total votes. Cardale got seven votes for game, one vote for season. And as we kind of discussed, that sort of played out. We saw what happens with Cardale for one game. Cardale for one game, that's a strong vote. You have a lot to back up that vote. Cardale for a season, not so much. From the 513, Justin Fields for both, but I debated Cardale for the one game option. So I actually got a vote for Cardale, but thought about it. 740, here is a vote for Cardale. I'm picking Cardale. It doesn't give us the best chance to win, but Cardale was the most fun. And I would love to see if Day is that good of a developer of quarterbacks. From the 419, I think the guy for one game or three championship games is Cardale Jones. His performance leading up to the national championship was nothing short of awesome. Great focus and great results, and it didn't hurt that Zeke stepped up as well. For a season, it's tougher, but I'd take Justin Fields. That's from the 419. From the 614, Josh Mustachio. I would pick Cardale Jones as my one game. He's undefeated as a starter at Ohio State. Here I am sort of downplaying Cardale for a season. He never lost. I mean, he didn't play well against Northern Illinois, but he never lost. He is undefeated. He's undefeated as a starter at Ohio State and is hard to game plan for. He has the arm and legs to do both. I would pick Troy Smith as my season starter. That's Josh Mustachio. 6 3 
One game would be a tough call between Cardale and Dwayne Haskins. The way Haskins came in and took over that Michigan game still gives me chills, but Cardale won a natty. As for a, as far of a season for a season quarterback, it would be Braxton over Fields. That's from the six three zero from the eight five nine. Okay, I'm not going to choose Fields or Haskins because we've seen them under Ryan Day. So for one game, I'm taking Troy Smith. My choice for the season is Cardale Jones. If Day had been here in 2015, Cardale would have won the Heisman. From the 919, one game, Cardale Jones. I'm assuming the opponent has little film on Cardale and thus is shocked when his rocket arm easily completes 15-yard passes and his long strides eat up yardage on straight-ahead scrambles. Cardale could scramble, wasn't going to do anything in the zone read, right? Um, With Ryan Day, that's not as important. So you wouldn't have had to really worry about that. But I think, you know, if you do have it, Ryan Day will use it, but you don't need it. You don't have to have it, right? So the votes for Cardale Jones, I would pick Cardale more for a game than I would for a season. Fifth in the voting, it's actually a tie. Tie for fourth, Dwayne Haskins and Terrell Pryor each got 12 votes. Let's do Terrell first. Terrell got five votes for game, seven votes for season. He was actually the third most popular player for a full season. Again, I think I think more Terrell in a game in elite dual threat can throw it, can run it, top shelf talent in a single game against Bama or Clemson than I do think about like consistency, game after game after game after game making all the throws that you need to make to have an undefeated season. Again, all these guys succeeded. So it's like you start saying, well, I don't think he could do it. They all did it. They all won at a high level at Ohio State. So we're splitting hairs here. But again, Terrell to me is more a game quarterback than a season quarterback. From the 937, for one game, I'm taking Fields. For a whole season, I'm taking Pryor. Freakish athlete that I think Day could get the most out of and by the end of the year would be unstoppable. Zone read, passing game, everything. He was limited by Trestle's offense and quarterback's coach. Terrell got the worst coaching of any of these quarterbacks, so that factors in. From the 706, our guy who says cool to uh, every text. We love that guy. One game, Troy Smith, poison confidence. Um, Prior for a season, under day, he would have been like Cam Newton or better. Under day, he would have made it to the NFL as a quarterback and would still be in the league. Lots of confidence in Ryan Day. Not crazy, though. I don't think that's crazy. From the 3-3-0, for a single game, I would take Terrell Pryor. He is the single most dominant player on this list. He could single-handedly carry an offense. I realize he wasn't a great thrower, but he did a good job with the deep ball. And the receivers of Ohio State can go get the deep ball instead of having one Devere Posey to throw to. He has three receivers with that capability for a season I'd go Troy. But that's a strong argument for Terrell in a game, which which I will buy. From the 8-1-3, for one game, I'd like to see Haskins because... Um, with this unbelievable receiver room, I'd love to see Day let Haskins open it up. For a season, I'd really want to see an offense tailored to Terrell Pryor because I feel like he had so much raw talent and did well even in a trestle offense, which was conservative to say the least. So I would love to see a high-powered Day offense focused on his skill set. He would be a serious Heisman contender. From the 216, game is Troy Smith, season is Terrell Pryor. He would have developed as a passer with competent QB coaching, and his raw talents are incredible. Still the best Ohio State quarterback at finding a way to convert third downs. That Iowa game, right? 
What was that run against Iowa? Just like converted. A th- Iowa came into Ohio Stadium and pushed the Buckeyes to the wall, and Pryor converted that. It was third or fourth down, just like on his own, sheer will. When you really needed to convert a third and nine, Pryor made it happen. Pryor made it happen. Pryor made it happen. No clue what his ceiling under day would have been, but it would have been love. But I would have loved to see it. That's Joseph in Atlanta from the 502. Terrell Pryor, and it isn't even a debate. No debate. The developmental malfeasance. I love the word malfeasance. Developmental malfeasance by Ohio State for Terrell Pryor should be prosecuted. Giving a specimen like him to the coffee guy is like giving a three-year-old an Indy car. Terrell Pryor was a nine when he arrived. He was a 9.1 when he left. I'm not trying to be a hot take artist. I just believe he is a great what-if whose talent was just squandered by inept coaching. I will tell you, we talked about, I, I sent this to the texters. I did not reveal it on the podcast when I did the ranking of all the assistant coaches that I've covered, 35, I think, in 15 years. Last on my list was Nick Siciliano, who was the quarterback's coach who took over while Terrell Pryor was here because Joe Daniels got sick. So we did have bad bad quarterback coaching. From the 614, Justin Fields for a game, Terrell Pryor for a season. Pryor in the right system with the right structure around him would be otherworldly in today's game. From the 740, I would love to see Terrell Pryor in Ryan Day's offense in a good spring, summer, and fall camp to develop his passing game, but I will always take Justin Fields for the season. But want to see Pryor for a game. And from the nine uh, the 937, Terrell Pryor for both. Easy. Easy. Imagine him with Ryan Day. Laugh out loud. He would be unstoppable than either Braxton or Justin. Not sure. So lots of love for Terrell Pryor. And I do think when you factor this in, I think those are smart takes. Not hot takes, but smart takes. Because you do have to consider the environment they played in. And he he sort of had like the toughest stuff to deal with because he didn't have Ryan Day or Tom Herman or Joe Daniels um, in his quarterback room. And that just made it harder. So the other guy tied for fourth is Dwayne Haskins with those 12 votes. Haskins got nine for a game, three for a season. Now, this gets more complicated because he has the worst running ability of all these guys, right? Justin Fields can run it. Troy Smith can run it. Braxton Miller can really run it. Cardale Jones can scramble if you need it. Pryor can really run it. Barrett can really run it. Clearly, Cardale and Haskins last on the running, but I think Cardale, even as a scrambler, significantly ahead of Dwayne to me. So when you're picking Dwayne, you're picking him in that Ryan Day offense, bing, bang, boom, pick apart defenses, crossing routes, throwing in rhythm, being able to throw deep, being able to throw short, being able to throw, put some mustard on it when you need to, being able to have a soft, feathery touch when you need to. Dwayne could make all the throws. So who's picking Dwayne? From the 2-4-8 one game, I'd have to go with Haskins. He proved multiple times across the span of 2018, as well as the Michigan game in 2017, that he is extremely comfortable with the ball in his hands under two minutes with a touchdown drive needed to win. For a full season, I'd take Fields. Put a strong vote for Haskins from the 2-4-8. From the 6-1-5, Dwayne for the season for sure. I don't see how he could lose with a 2019 defense or really any non-2018 defense. Over the course of the season, he would be able to keep the team steady as a leader. Same answer for one game. I just can't believe Dwayne had to make up for that awful 2018 defense. Again, interesting to think about. I think partly the terrible defense helped make Dwayne. Because he played constantly. He wasn't getting yanked at halftime like Justin Fields. And they had to put up huge numbers because the defense was giving up huge numbers. So in, in some reverse way, I almost think Dwayne was aided by that, at least statistically, right? But he did have a lot of pressure on him. He had to find a way to beat Maryland when the defense is giving up 50 to Maryland. 
From the 4A4, game, Haskins, unmatched throwing ability. Season, Troy Smith. I think he's probably the best thrower, right? I don't even know if it's a probably. I mean, there's other, like Justin's close. Troy at his best is close. Those are probably the only ones. Cardale's different. Cardale's more deep ball. I don't think Cardale is as consistently accurate. But if you're talking throwing the ball, I think it's Dwayne, Justin, and Troy. And and to put Dwayne first on that list, I think does make a lot of sense. He's just more, he's just last when it comes to moving with his legs. 4-4-3, one game Justin Fields, full season Dwayne Haskins. Not even close to the same runner, but the purest passer I've ever seen at Ohio State. Much lower injury risk, which is a, a smart thing to factor in for a season. It was also clear that late in 2018, the coaching staff figured out how to run the ball effectively without the quarterback run threat. It did take a while, though. 615. With questions at running back, I go Haskins for one game and Braxton for the season. So again, if we're putting it in this Ryan Day system, some people assumed, you know, you don't have Ezekiel Elliott, you don't have Carlos Hyde or Beanie Wells or J.K. Dobbins. You have these running backs. So then that could factor in too. So it depends how you think about this stuff. From the 216, one game Braxton, entire season Haskins. He was a video game to watch. I felt robbed that we only saw him one year. That's funny. That's back-to-back answers that are reversed. 615 says Haskins for a game, Braxton for a season. 216 says Braxton for a game, Haskins for a season. Um, I think I'm closer to Braxton for a game, Haskins for a season. Because I think for a single game, again, against the elite competition over the top, I think you've got to be able to do both. I think I think if you're limited as a runner, and, and we didn't get to see Dwayne in a playoff setting, right? And he was, like, good against Washington, but Washington, you know, he wasn't, stupendous um and Washington for him to go out in the Rose Bowl I mean he played Big Ten competition then he played Washington he never got to face a Bama or a Clemson but I just think being limited you saw what Trevor Lawrence did with his legs right we all did having that in your back pocket is a big deal so now the top three third is Braxton Miller with 20 votes so again Haskins and Pryor at 12 Cardale eight Barrett six so Braxton Miller significantly more than them Braxton Miller 14 votes for game Six votes for season, and I agree with that. I think game makes more sense for Braxton because over the course of a season, I don't think he's the precise passer. He's so dynamic in the run game, but he wasn't great in the zone read. He was great in the open field when stuff broke down, but he didn't read that zone read like JT read it, and I think like Justin's going to read it probably this year. Um so what you're betting on with Braxton is what he does when stuff gets crazy. Goal line at Penn State, right? Dancing. Dancing and just evading tackles. And what he could do in the open field. Um, but I think over the course of a season, playing the quarterback position, again, he saved him in 2012. And in 2013, they were undefeated in the regular season. So, I mean, they start 24-0 and under Urban Meyer with Braxton Miller as the quarterback. So, like, what are we saying? It's like, oh. But also there were times during that when people, like, were very interested in Kenny Guyton playing. So season, I would not go Braxton as much. One game, he's absolutely in the mix, I think. But then it's, again, I just don't know if he can throw consistently enough in that big game, but he's so dynamic with the run. Maybe you just try to beat Bama by having Braxton run all over him. One game, Braxton Miller before the shoulder injury. That's from the 704 for the season. It's Justin Fields from the 614. For one game, I think I'd take Braxton Miller, most, most dynamic athlete I've seen at Ohio State in the recent past, and a better passer than many give him credit for. With this year's offensive line and receiver core, his abilities could be amazing, though that could be said about most of these guys. For a whole season, maybe Braxton, but more likely Justin Fields. 
From the 4-4-3, for one game, I'd have to go Braxton. Imagine how fun it would be to watch him in Ryan Day's system. Braxton was electric at Ohio State. This may be recency bias, but for one season, I'm taking Justin. From the 4-1-9, I'm going with Braxton, the most electric dual-threat quarterback I've seen in the last decade with the exception of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I would wonder how Braxton's numbers in NFL draft stock could match up compared to theirs. I think Braxton was better than Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts just got taken in the second round. It also intrigues me how much Ryan Day would rely on Braxton's ability to run and how it would look different from his handling of JT. To be fair to Fields, however, I think he's the best on the list, and man, do we hope we can get one more year out of him, meaning we hope the season goes forward in 2020. Lamar Jackson is an interesting way to talk about Braxton Miller. Now, to just say like, hey, they're both fast and they're both dynamic runners and Braxton Miller would be Lamar Jackson, who was the NFL MVP. You can't say that. But I do think there are enough similarities that Lamar is not a perfect thrower. You have to sort of tailor your passing game to Lamar, who does have a good arm, who can hit windows, but he's not Peyton Manning, right? But he's unlike anything we've seen in the NFL. Maybe Michael Vick's in there, but of what we've seen running with the ball. I do think Braxton could have made it as a quarterback in the right system. I think he got hung up because once he wasn't a quarterback, now he's athletic, but lots of receivers are athletic. And now when you're running routes and you have to have great hands and all that kind of stuff, he's just he didn't play receiver enough to really make it. I would have loved to see some people, I think, believe that Braxton was going to switch to receiver in the NFL anyway. I would have loved to see him take a shot because he was big enough. He's physical. And, and, you know, Kyler can really sling it. Kyler can really sling it. But I think Lamar Jackson is at least in the realm of if you have a smart NFL staff that can tailor the offense, you're going to have a guy who's going to be able to do stuff not many people can do. From the 513, Braxton. He's the Buckeye that was always the most fun for me to watch, and people really don't respect how good of a talent his arm was. I know he had Tom Herman, but I'd love to see what Ryan Day could have done with him. Braxton did have a good arm talent. He could throw it. I think he could make the throws. I just don't think he was as tremendously accurate as sometimes you need to be with these next-level guys. He, he couldn't quite throw it like Dwayne or Troy or Justin. And again, it's a high bar here. 3-3-0, I think the only correct answer is freshman year Braxton Miller. He was looking to be the best quarterback to play for Ohio State before the injury. Um, it might just be Ari in my head, but if he ever got if he never got injured, he might have been this that might have been the start of the quarterback renaissance at Ohio State. I, I don't think that's right because you also don't mean freshman year Braxton Miller, because freshman year Braxton Miller was 2011, and that was not good. Sophomore year Braxton Miller was 2012, and that was one dimensional. That was practically Braxton as an option quarterback. And Urban Meyer will tell you that. You mean junior year Braxton Miller in 2013. So we saw all of Braxton come together in the undefeated regular season leading up to the Michigan State Big Ten title game loss in 13 before the injury in the Orange Bowl against Clemson at the end of 13. That's the Braxton. So like that he would have been the starter of a renaissance. He was already a renaissance. He was the starter for two years. He only would have been the starting quarterback for one more year in 14. And if he had been completely healthy, I think he was going to go pro. He basically said that. I think he, he would have gone pro as a quarterback after 13. So, like, we saw, I think, healthy or injured, we saw as much Braxton Miller playing quarterback at Ohio State as we were going to see. He was either going to get injured and be a receiver at Ohio State or he was going to go pro as a quarterback. So I would have liked to see him take his shot as a quarterback. I'm not sure that it would have worked, but it might have. 3-3-0, Braxton Miller. I feel like even with what he did accomplish, he was on his way to doing even more before his injury. You can debate whether he was a pro prospect or not, but I think it's undeniable that his arm was pretty good and he threw a good or better deep ball. And I'm not even going to get into his running ability because that's a given. Braxton for the win from the 3-3-0. So 
I, I do think that's a misread a little bit of like, we didn't really get to see the real Braxton Miller. Again, he he played three full healthy years. Two of them as the full-time starting quarterback, and he played a lot as a true freshman in 11. So he got thrown in in 11, and that's not fair. And then he was in the transition in 12. But if you think like we didn't get to see the real Braxton Miller or that we, you know, it got cut short, it didn't get cut that short. But I appreciate, I understand and appreciate any of those votes for Braxton Miller. Again, 20 votes for Braxton, 14 for a game, six for a season. Second place on the list, Troy Smith. 43 votes, so double Braxton. 21 for a game, 22 for a season. So pretty pretty split on that. And there's lots of people who said both for Troy. I'm taking Troy, the Heisman winner. 216, I think for both, it's got to be Troy Smith. But that could easily change this year. Justin Fields has a great opportunity to supplant Smith if he gets either a Heisman or a title. I did have a hard time voting against Cardale for the one-game question because he was put into three straight must-win situations and passed with flying colors. From the 306 on Troy, Troy Smith, arguably the best quarterback in recent years. His style is like Fields, an amazing passer who just happens to be a phenomenal athlete. Perfect fit in today's offense. May have had to add some more option stuff in there, but he can handle the pass, passing the ball as much as Day needs him to. 3-1-0. I'd take Troy Smith for both one game and one season, for now, given his body of work. But I think soon I'll say Justin Fields for both hands down. Uh... From the 412, for one season, the answer for me is Troy. And I didn't think much about it. For one game, I'm between Troy and Dwayne. But I think Dwayne's ability to throw gives you a chance to win any game against any defense. However, by the end of the season, my answer might be Fields. Again, I broke this up by player, but even the ones that are about other guys wind their way around to how good Justin Fields is. 650, Braxton for a game. It would be so fun to watch Troy Smith for a season. Dude had ice in his veins, was a great leader, had a fabulous versatile skill set and generally didn't struggle with injuries, Day would have had a blast with him leading. I think Troy's leadership has to factor in. 216, Fields. You've addressed it many times, but again, Troy's last game is just a brutal last memory. I was at the game in the tiny Gator section of fans, and it was miserable. Those would be my top two. Um, Haskins and then Justin and Troy's ability to run and pass separate them. So Justin and Troy, when you're talking game for Troy, I think you must take what happened against Florida into consideration, which is why I would not pick Troy for a game. But I would really think hard about Troy for a season. And again, that's not fair because he was the first Ohio State quarterback to go 3-0 and as a starting quarterback against Michigan. So again, Troy won big games, but you can't get away from what happened against Florida. 8-1-6, Troy Smith for a game. Because it's exciting to think of getting to see at least one game of what he could do in this offense, Justin, for a whole season from the 816. 8-5-8, Khaled. Troy Smith for both. He's the perfect mix of a good throw with scrambling ability. When I say Troy Smith, I'm referring to the 2006 version of Troy, the pocket passer who could scramble. Justin Fields is also a second legit choice. 9-3-7, Troy Smith for a season. He was our last Heisman winner, amazing quarterback. Had a really bad game against Florida. So for that game, I'd take Fields. Very similar athleticism, but Fields hasn't choked yet. Harsh. 6-1-4. If it's the Michigan game, Troy Smith. If it's the national championship game, Justin Fields. For one season, the answer is Fields. That's not a bad distinction. Troy was the original. Well, Tippy Dye was the original in the 30s, I guess, right? I was going to say, but modern era Michigan killer. Troy was an absolute Michigan killer. And when you think about Troy's resume, even maybe above the Heisman, you think about 
what he did to Michigan and at, at a time when beating Michigan wasn't a given. Right, We know they beat Michigan in 2001 and 2002 with Trestle, lose in 2003. So when Troy takes over, Jim Trestle's 2-1 and one against Michigan. By the time Troy leaves, Jim Trestle's 5-1 and one against Michigan. So if you want to make a big game argument for Troy, I'm making a big game argument against Troy because of Florida. If you want to make one for him based on Michigan, the Anthony Gonzalez pass, what he did in the 2006 one versus 2 game, you can certainly make that argument. The answer for one game is Fields, but I'll say that a season of Troy in this system would have been fun. That's from the 216. And 941 says Troy Smith for the season, Troy or Dwayne Haskins for one game. Um, so I, Troy's there, Troy's there, but as you guys know, figuring out who's left, Justin Fields is the overwhelming choice of fans. Um, it's not close. Um it's not close. Quick one here from the 931. Hey, guys, can I throw a curveball at you and say I would pick Joe Burrow as my quarterback for both one game and one season? I know that's kind of cheating, but I would love to see what 2019 Joe Burrow could do in a Ryan Day offense. Keep up the great work, Jason, in Tennessee. Uh, Jason, I'll say no. You can't throw us a curveball. I didn't put Burrow on the list. We didn't see this Joe Burrow in Ohio. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't. Or he would have beaten out Troy uh, Dwayne Haskins. So we didn't see that. Um, which is fine, but no. Um, before we get to Justin Fields, I want to give this shout out to the 804 because this guy in the 804, a guy or, or girl, I, I think it's a guy, is the person who asked the original question six weeks ago that got us on this topic. So this texter from the 804, this is why you want to be part of the text messages. 14-day free trial, 614-350-3315. This person came up with the whole topic for a podcast. So thank you to this person in the 804 who recognized the fact that I, I didn't steal it. I acknowledge it, man. The 804 doing my job. Nice. I think this is a question that I asked a while back. You did. Boy, oh boy, this is tough. Basically, I need to pick the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady out of this group. Season stats versus big time player and big time game. Right away, I'm eliminating Pryor and JT. And that's what's great about this question is the person really thought about the answer when they asked it. Eliminating Pryor and JT, I think Pryor would struggle in this offense, and JT was a perfect urban guy. <clears throat> For the one game, Cardale or Dwayne? Cardale proved it on the biggest stage. Granted, it was with urban system. Dwayne never got the shot in the playoff, but I could see him slicing up defenses on the big stage. Super confident dude who went back down. Season? Definitely fields. But obvious reasons. For obvious reasons. Definitely fields for obvious reasons. Braxton is interesting. Braxton is a better athlete than everyone on the field. I sort of feel like if you put him on any team in this system, in any system except Wisconsin, that's a shot at Wisconsin, which we appreciate, he will put up video game numbers. So from the 804, I think there's a pretty good breakdown of how to think about this thing, which is, again, why this is all interesting. So let's get back now, with credit to the 804, to Justin Fields and why he's the answer to this. But first, a quick break on Buckeye Talk. When we come back, Justin Fields and then my final answer on the quarterback for a big game in a big season. All right, all the love for Justin Fields. He got 95 votes. Again, the final combined voting. Justin Fields, 95. Troy Smith, 43. Braxton Miller, 20. Haskins and Pryor, 12. Jones, 8. Barrett, 6. By game. One game. Justin Fields, 40. Troy Smith, 21. Braxton Miller, 14. Dwayne Haskins, 9. Cardale Jones, 7. Terrell Pryor, 5. JT Barrett, 4. For season, Justin Fields, 55. So Fields got more for a season than he did for a game. 
Justin Fields, 55. Troy Smith, 22. Terrell Pryor, 7. Braxton Miller, 6. Dwayne Haskins, 3. JT Barrett, 2. Cardale Jones, 1. From the 773, there are only two answers that are acceptable. This is from Charlie. Troy Smith or Justin Fields. All others are missing a critical quarterback trait. Great pocket presence will hang in the pocket instead of scrambling. Sorry, Terrell Pryor. Accuracy all over the field. Sorry, Braxton Miller. NFL caliber arm strength. Sorry, JT Barrett. Limiting turnovers. Sorry, Cardale Jones. Mobility for the zone read athleticism to create something out of nothing. Sorry, Dwayne Haskins. Both have competitive drive, poised demeanor, durability, and leadership qualities. Probably will see more leadership from Justin Fields this year to match JT. Final answer is Justin Fields because the young man has not reached a ceiling yet. I don't think there's anything Charlie said that I disagree with. I think that's an excellent way to break it down. That all these guys, most of them have a little something wrong, and it's much harder to find that little something wrong with Fields and Smith. So I think there's a really good breakdown. From the 4-4-0, might be recency bias, but it's hard to go against Justin Fields for an entire season, especially in the current offense. Fields has to be the best dual threat option on this list. I wouldn't go so far as to say he's as dynamic as Braxton, but the combo of runner and thrower that Fields brings is hard to pass up. One game is tough. My first thought was Troy, but look what happened against Florida. Hard to argue against what Cardale accomplished en route to the 2015 Natty, but that seems more like lightning in a bottle. Haskins would be interesting with these receiver weapons. Pryor and Miller were out automatically for me, and I'm one of the guys who appreciates what JT was able to accomplish, but I just don't think he was that good of a quarterback. All in all, I guess it's recency bias because I know Fields lost to Clemson, but we were one changed route from Olave from driving right down the field and winning that game. Count me in for Fields for both. Again, I think a really good breakdown of how you wind up at Justin Fields. From the 614. After considering it, I think it's actually interesting to look at each of those quarterbacks because I think Fields is really a complete mix of all of them. Again, I talked about that before. It's what I said last year. He can, stri- he can stride with speed. His speed is like Pryor. He can cut like Braxton. He's got an arm that rivals Dwayne and Cardale, and he has JT's vision. He is very similar to Troy. I think Fields is a better scrambler, but he has Troy's pocket presence. He's like the Ohio State quarterback of the last 15 years. That everything good about Ohio State quarterbacks, pieces of that are in Justin Fields, and it kind of brings it a lot together. I think is a very interesting way to look at Fields, which is why people are so excited about his 2020. 813, as much as I like Troy, Braxton, JT, and Haskins, I think Fields is the complete package, and he would get my vote for both. 513, as far as the season, I'll stick with Justin Fields. His ability to grasp Ryan Day's offense as quickly as he did speaks volumes as far as his football IQ. His physical abilities speak for themselves. 6'3", 227 is a big physical quarterback that can drop dimes and lower the boom when necessary. Plus, in the second year in day system, I look for him to have a bigger season than last year and lead us to a title. Go Bucks. 559. Sorry for what may seem like a simple answer for me, but it's got to be Justin Fields, right? That's not recency bias talking either. Taking a step back and looking at this thing, he's far and away the best all-around quarterback on that list. Hard to argue. 937, awesome question. On one hand, Fields seems like the best all-around quarterback, so I almost wonder if he should be excluded from the thought experiment. My vote for both is probably Fields, but I don't think it's a fair fight. I like the idea of Smith for a season and a game. That like Justin Fields is so good, and he's such a mix of all of them that it's almost like it's like in the Marvel Universe. I hate Captain Marvel in the Marvel Universe. 
And I thought Brie Larson is a compelling actress, and I think her performance was good. But it's like, hey, we have all these different people. It's like, you know, this guy can punch hard, and this person has, like, an arrow they shoot. And it's like, what's your skill? And it's like, I don't know. I can fly into outer space and, like, kill everyone at any moment. It seems like a crazy superhero to me. Like, is Justin Fields the Captain Marvel of the Ohio State quarterback Avengers? You have all these quarterbacks who have individual skills. And then it's like, what do you think about Justin Fields? It's like, I don't know. He does all the things they all do. 517. One game, Braxton Miller. But if we're being honest, Fields is in my mind the most talented quarterback Ohio State has ever had. He is primed for a historic season and a Heisman. There's a lot of these. 614, hey, Doug, I'm between Terrell and Justin, but I'll pick Justin Fields for both categories. Every other quarterback had a weak spot, whereas Justin is a jack-of-all-trades, maybe even a king-of-all-trades. Passing, running, durability, and IQ. That's Evan in Oregon. This is where we are. This is where most people are. 614, maybe recency bias, but I've got to go Fields from the 614. You don't have to excuse it with recency bias, because I really don't think it's that. I really don't. I don't. If it's not an important game, give me Braxton Miller because, boy, do I miss seeing Braxton Miller embarrassing entire defenses. If the game is important, give me Justin. He just barely beats out Dwayne and Troy. But the tiebreakers, I trust Justin's make it happenness. It's a good phrase. Just a little bit more than the other guys for the whole season. It's got to be Justin's upside. That's from the 2-1-0. 3-1-2, Justin Fields, not even close. 614, from what I've seen, I believe the answer to both is Justin Fields. He just embodies the best of almost all the quarterbacks you mentioned. 614, Justin Fields for both. Boring answer, I know. I think he has the best arm of all those guys. If not, maybe it's Haskins, but it's close, and Haskins can't run. His ha- his running ability is behind Braxton and Pryor, maybe Barrett on short yardage, maybe Smith in the pocket, but his arm is better than all those guys, and I think he wins out. So that's who I would pick to win. Who would be the most fun? I'd love to see what Day would do with Pryor or Smith. 614, um, as interesting as it would be to watch Troy Smith in a Ryan Day offense, I personally think that Justin Fields is the best single quarterback to ever come to Ohio State. I know he hasn't fully proven it yet, but I believe he will next season, so give me Justin or give me death. That person says, I personally, I may get heat for this, thinking that Justin Fields is the best single quarterback from the 614. No one's giving you heat. A lot of people agree with that. From the 419, Fields is the best player of, of all of them, so he's the answer for both. But I'd be interested to see what kind of numbers Troy could put up in today's game without Trestle Ball holding him back. So a lot of agreement for Justin Fields. In the end, he gets double the amount of votes that second place got with Troy Smith, more than double. And now here's my answer. But finally, I saved this answer for the end because it's kind of what I think. From the 713, for a full season, my choice is Troy Smith. My reasoning is his great leadership. He is also a talented athlete and capable of throwing or running at a high level. For a single game, my choice is Justin Fields. He is the most balanced and talented Ohio State quarterback in our history. He can throw and run at an elite level. In one game, he could make plays no one else can make. So I pick him for one game. I think the one game has to be Justin because he gives you the upside that guys like Pryor and Braxton give you in terms of make-a-play athleticism that you might need to beat Clemson or Bama. So I, I, I think it's got to be Justin. And, and like in a lot of ways, you like as people said, you could just say it's got to be Justin to every answer. But at this point, I would take Troy for the season because of what Troy meant to a team and the way he handled his business, the way he the guys related to him. Um, Justin is just more quiet than Troy, just a different personality. I think Justin, as people have mentioned, will continue to grow into that leadership. But he's not going to be Troy in terms of the kind of compelling guy he is in the locker room. 
And so um, to get you through a whole Big Ten season, um, they did. I mean, the Big Ten, they kind of had Ohio State had their way with it last year, right? And, and like in the end, I know they made some decent teams look bad, and that's to their credit. But they just had a lot working for them. Um, so Justin had an opportunity to look good, and he was great. But I just think the intangibles of Troy, and I do think Troy and Day's system would do even more because I do think Troy could really sling it no six. And then he could scramble and look down the field and make big plays while looking downfield and like really smart with it too. Like I think Ryan Day would love to have coached like fifth year senior Troy Smith, just like Ryan Day is going to love to coach third year junior Justin Fields. Um, So I'm not going to go Justin all the way. I understand the people who did. For the one game ones, I also would understand Terrell Pryor if you if you want to say I think if you let Ryan Day coach Terrell Pryor up, I think he could get to you next level kind of playmaking and then also be structured enough with good coaching that he could make those kind of throws. I think the I think the only answers for the season are Justin Troy or JT. And I know JT didn't get a ton of love for the season, but that guy is a great regular season quarterback. Find a way to win against – if Ohio State has a talent edge, that guy's going to find a way to win. The double overtime at Penn State, the Penn State comeback in Ohio Stadium his senior year in the fourth quarter, the toughness at Wisconsin in overtime. I mean, JT won a gazillion regular season, tough, hard-nosed regular season games. So I think you absolutely can make a case for JT during the season. There's not a case for JT for the game. So the season, I think it's either Field Smith or Barrett. The game, I think it's either Fields or Pryor or maybe Cardale. Because you got to go upside with both. Cardale, enough scrambling and the big play with the arm. Pryor, big enough arm, big guy, hard to bring down. You think Day can teach him to make the throws. Or Justin, who's probably the answer. But I don't think you can go, go Troy. Because the, the, the Florida thing just hangs on Troy too much. SEC speed, that's where it came from. Because people thought it overwhelmed Ohio State, led by Troy Smith. So that's where we are. I think it was a fun exercise. Thanks to the 804 for coming up with that question. Um, thanks to uh, everybody who sent in answers. Again, I just love interacting with the the friends of the pod on the tech subscription. So really, honestly, if you haven't tried it, I, I really would just suggest giving it a shot. 614-350-3315. Drop the reviews on Apple Podcasts. Appreciate you guys again for hanging in through the Oregon pod. This was fun. Sorry we got it up late on Thursday. But, man, busy. Busy time. I just recorded another podcast that's going to be coming up, I think, for the Friday pod, talking Michigan and Jim Harbaugh with two guys and and comparing sort of the vibe around the Michigan program to the vibe around Ohio State. And it's two guys who I ripped on this podcast last week, and that's why I wanted to have them on. Dave Briggs and Kyle Rowland from the Toledo Blade. They both have covered Michigan in addition to covering Ohio State, so I thought they could bring unique perspective to comparing the vibe around Ohio State and Michigan. I think our conversation was really good. That'll be our Friday pod, and then Nathan will be back next week, so you'll be hearing back from Nathan, obviously Stephen. Um, as always, thanks to you guys for listening. Read our stories at cleveland.com slash OSU, and for now, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.